Welcome back to the Tapes Archive podcast, where we release interviews that have never been heard before. In this episode, we have Black Sabbath's guitarist and the godfather of heavy metal, Tony Iommi. At the time of this interview in 1984, Iommi was 36 years old and was promoting Black Sabbath's Born Again album and tour. In the interview, Iommi talks about Ian Gillen joining Black Sabbath and blowing up his boat, thoughts on Ozzy Osbourne remaking old Sabbath tunes, the Born Again live show, Randy Rhodes, and how he really did disturb the priest. The interview is conducted by a new tape archive contributor, Canadian music journalist and author Steve Newton. During his four decades as a freelance music writer, he has interviewed everyone from ACDC to ZZ Top. We highly recommend that you head over to his Patreon page, link in the description, and check out over 340 of his exclusive interviews. For only five bucks, you get full access. We are not paid for this endorsement. We just truly feel it's money well spent. For zero money, you can head over to Newton's website, earofnewt.com, where he has posted more than 3,000 of his interviews, album reviews, concert reviews, and horror movie reviews. A big thanks to Tony Aomi and Steve Newton for allowing us to share this very rare interview with you. One last thing before we get to the interview, the Tapes Archive podcast is a proud member of Osiris Media, a global community connecting passionate fans with podcasts and experiences about artists and topics you love. Thanks for tuning in, and now it's time to open the vault. Hello. Hi, Tony. Yeah. Steve Newton uh, from the Georgia Street out in Vancouver. Hello, Steve. How are you? How are you? Fine, thank you. How's the tour going for you guys? There'll be coming one, you Oh, you haven't started yet? No, not yet. Uh, you're playing Vancouver on uh, the 19th? We've already done one half of the tour. We've done, uh, we finished before Christmas. Just for the record, how did you get uh, Ian Gillen uh, to join Black Sabbath? Oh, what person have you heard? <laughs> <laughs> Were you a fan of his from former band Deep Purple? Um, always liked, yeah, always liked. I understand you do uh, one of his uh, old songs, "Smoke on the Water." That's right, yeah. Um, why that song? Um, well, it's really probably one of uh, Ian's more known ones, you know, aside mm-hmm. him being associated with what he'd done before. Yeah, and he wrote the song anyway, so. I was wondering uh, why, why you guys maybe didn't choose Highway Star or maybe Strange Kind of Woman. Oh, we could have done, but uh, mm-hmm. I think I think uh, on the Water is more of a known song than uh, than those, really. Do you do you play it like the Purple played it, like Blackmore, or do you put your own? Well, I try and play it more like it it was done originally. I, I, mean, I obviously do put my own bits in, but uh, you know, I try and keep it more to how it was done. Well, why did your uh, previous singer uh, Ronnie uh, Deal leave the band? Oh, it's, uh, it was when we were doing the live album. He left in between that. Was he not getting along with the rest of the band members? Well, oh, it was just a bit of a conflict, I think. He was doing his actual solo album while we were doing the live album, really, you know. And we wasn't too happy about that situation. The other new addition to the Black Sabbath is uh, Bev Bevan, an original member of uh, ELO. Was that much of a transition for him, going from uh, sort of a, a pop rock band to a, a full-blown heavy metal one? It was, really. In, before ELO, it was... Um, he used to play quite with a move, you know. Oh, yeah. Every drummer. And they used to play quite every stuff, you know. In fact, he's known as the Birmingham Basher. And he's, he's quite a pound. I was, I mean, I knew he could play for the actually stuff. I was surprised when I did hear him when he actually did uh, the way he's improving as we've done the shows, you know. Is he a, a permanent member of the band now? Yes, he is now, yeah. So Bill Ward won't be coming back? Uh, no. Mm. Bill, Bill 
it's unfortunate, you know, but he, he did have a problem and um, with alcohol, you know, and it, I, I wouldn't like to see Bill have to go through coming on the road and with his alcohol problem, you know, his drinking trouble. What's the uh, story behind the song uh, Disturbing the Priest on Born Again? You guys actually disturbed the priest when you were recording that, didn't you? Well, we did actually, yeah. Right next to where we were, we we recorded at a manor house, and right behind the, the manor house was a, a church, you know, a, a cemetery, and that was virtually like just outside the door, really. We used to record sometimes at four in the morning, five in the morning, so it, we started disturbing them. <laughs> <laughs> the priest came over? Well, we uh, we did have a few comments from around the, the village, actually. I mean, we were <laughs> disturbed the village, and we were the priest. <laughs> And we learn it in bombs off and stuff like that. Yeah, I was, I was wanted to ask you about those, those bombs. Uh, you, you played a few uh, explosive tricks on Ian. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what happened there? Well, we've done a few, really. I mean, actually, quite dangerous, really, with Duff. So, um, we've we blown a couple of things up, <laughs> including his boat. His boat? His boat, yeah. His boat got blown up. He brought his boat with him, and uh, that went. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bassist uh, Geezer Butler says that Born Again has uh, much the same feel as your uh, your very first album. Well, it did to us because it it, it related a lot for us. Um, the feeling of when we done the first album, the old the feeling of the band was really the vibes were great, really exciting. We were excited about doing it, and we'd done it quick uh, in, in comparison to the, the last few albums we've done, which have taken a while. We've done this album pretty quick. I mean, the next album will probably show better because we'll. Have been with Ian and worked with him a bit, you know. So we just met Ian and we rehearsed and wrote the stuff and went and recorded it really fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it certainly got a raw sound. So hopefully the next one now uh, we'll have we'll have uh, worked with each other a while. We can improve from there now. Which is your uh, personal uh, favourite song on the new album? Um, I like Disturbing the Priest. Uh, zero, zero, I like. Uh, trust that I like. What do you think of the, uh, the music Ozzy Osbourne's made since leaving Sabbath? Yeah, I think he's done some good stuff. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. Did you uh, Did you enjoy the the late Randy Rhodes guitar playing? Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, I thought he was amazing. Yeah, I hadn't actually heard him in person, but I, I just heard him from what uh, what I heard on the radio. You know. Were you surprised that Ozzy used on our old Sabbath songs for his live double album? Yeah, that was surprising because there was no need to really do that because he'd established himself in his own right, really. Do you guys collect any royalties for having co-written the songs on that album? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you weren't complaining about that? No, that was that was. I just didn't think you needed to do that. Though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the money so much. I mean, we do this because we we like it as well. You know, we know, I mean, obviously the money. <laughs> but I don't think Ozzy would have needed to have done that, really. Because you don't song sort of the fell on the round. Yeah. How do you feel after uh, 13 years and 13 Sabbath albums when you see a, a young man uh, like, say, Def Leppard strike it rich after just uh, a few years on the hard rock trail? Well, it's a uh, good luck to him, really. I mean, obviously, there's got to be new people coming out all the time, but I don't know a lot of their stuff, what they're doing. I mean, I must admit, I haven't sat down and listened to a lot of the stuff they've done. Do you feel uh, Black Sabbath clears uh, the way at all for uh, popular 80s heavy metal bands like Judas Priest or uh, Iron Maiden? I would say so, yeah. yeah. I mean, without sounding uh, big-headed or whatever you want to call it, I, I, I think obviously we must have had some influence on a lot of the people, you know, along with the Death Plane and Purple as well. But... I'm just kind of wondering, what kind of music do you uh, like to listen to uh, when you're not playing with Sabbath? A lot of different sorts of stuff. Yeah. I, I don't listen to new wave stuff. Um, I listen to uh, I like jazz and I like, of course, uh, 
you know, from the heavy bands around now. Or, I mean, I don't listen to a lot of heavy stuff because obviously we're doing that sort of thing. So you don't like to. I mean, you hear what's about, you hear what's around, but I don't play. I don't really sort of put my mind to sitting down listening to for hours. I listen to like even stuff like Flash Dance. Oh yeah, yeah, I got that record. I like that one. Yeah, I did. The song Maniac. Oh yeah, I like that. Great. Well, just what I, I want to ask you a little bit about your live show. You have those big Stonehenge yeah. monuments and stuff. Well, what, what's the live show like? It's fine, like musically or... Yeah. With selections from, uh, you know, the past album or mm-hmm. stuff like that. Up until now, to go on again. And uh, what are some of the old uh, Sabbath tunes that you, that you play? People might Every day in, you know, the standards of Iron Man and Black Sabbath. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are annoyed and and uh, visually, what, what's the show like? Well, the lights are... Very, very good. Uh, I mean, it, it is a huge show, really. The mm-hmm. actual show, production-wise, is, is ginormous. And we haven't actually cut some of it down. We did take out with us the first to America. We took out the a full rig of the stone ends, but they were, the columns that we were using were too big. They were gigantic. I mean, they are actually bigger than the stone ends itself. And so we had to cut them down because the people behind the stage couldn't see. So we had to we've, we've removed the big columns and used the small setup or even the small setup's quite big but <laughs> do you think when people say that you play too loud because uh, well, well that's what we're starting for that because uh if they like it they'll, they'll like it loud most of the kids i mean we've we've played loud ever since i've known so do you ever uh, worry about your hearing pardon do you ever worry about we get naughty I don't really worry about it if I've got deaf, I've got deaf early. I was reading an uh, interview you did with uh, Andy Setcher, Setcher of uh, a hit creator thing, and uh, it says when you, when you were a kid, you never thought you'd be able to play the guitar. No. Uh, why not? When I was a kid? Yeah. Well, I, originally when I was a kid, I started off, I wanted to play drums, really. Uh, that's what I wanted to play. And then I had a guitar, and I really got interested in it. But I did have this accident, uh, I don't even know, I, I took the end of my fingers off. The two middle fingers are, were cut off. And uh, I was told by all surgeons and everything that I'd never be able to play again. I couldn't accept that, and I just uh, went out and let it go, really. I mean, I, could never, I can't feel the strings in my fingers, the two middle ones. I have to wear, like, mm-hmm. a cap over them, like a thimble. I just got used to it over the years. Who were your, uh, your main influences on guitar when you were starting out? Well, a, a, a group here, the, the, the Shadows, uh, I used to... Oh, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Stuff like them, you know, and uh, rock and roll stuff. A lot of stuff with Django Reinhardt. Oh yeah, right. I particularly related to him because he done the same thing. He only had two fingers. That's, uh, that's really what got me cracking on pushing myself to play. You know? uh, just a couple, couple more questions before you. You always played a, an SG. I've always played a, an SG shape. Yeah, they're not actually SG guitars. Oh, what, what kind of guitar is it? You've got a guitar that I've made here in Birmingham um, by a company, uh, JD Guitars. He makes quite a few now, but we started off this company uh, years ago. Where it was under John Birch Guitars then, and I used to be a partner in the company. I put a lot of the money into it, you know. And we designed them, and I used to test all the pickups and come up with ideas. And now there's a lot of uh, people use them now. In uh, ACDC, use them, and well, there's a load of people use Stanley Clark. You never uh, cared much for the uh, the Strat or the Les Paul. The more well, I did have a, a Strat, my first guitar that I really liked. It wasn't the first guitar I had, but the first guitar that I always wanted really was a Strat. And I made the club being left-handed. It was awkward for me to get one, you see, in them days. And uh, I had a Strat, and in fact, I used a Strat on one of the tracks on the first album. And then uh, I went to the Gibson. I've used Gibson really ever since. I've tried Les Pauls, and I've had Les Paul. I've still got some Les Pauls somewhere. So I, I don't really use them because I. I like the sound of them, but you can't get high enough 
for me anyway. I mean, if you've got long fingers, which I haven't now, but if you have, perhaps they could. Use marshals? I used to use marshals. Still got some marshals. I'm using boogie at the moment. Mesa boogie? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. round about head. Okay, well, uh, best of luck to you. Get up to Vancouver here. Great, well, I hope to see you there. Yeah, I'll, I'll turn and uh, maybe get back, to get back and say hi. Yeah, bring you the plugs with that. <laughs> Will do. Thanks for your time, Tony. Oh, if, if you know, if you come on, come back. Hello. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Oh, it's day. Best of luck. Great, thanks very much. Okay, see ya. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tapes Archive podcast. Please remember you can always find more information about the show and the individual episodes at our website, thetapesarchive.com. Until next time, the vault is closed.